0: The Perfect Ten, with Steve Allen, voice of the NRL and six-time radio award winner. Welcome to The Perfect Ten. Episode 42 is a man that we interviewed back in July 2021. It's ultra marathon legend, Pat Farmer. He did the pole to pole. From the North Pole to the South Pole, a staggering 21,000 kilometres or 20 million steps, He also captured the imagination of our nation. When he ran around Australia for the Centenary of Federation back in 1999, that was a lazy 14,500 kilometres. And now he's back doing it all over again. The run for The Voice to raise awareness, support and engagement for the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice to Parliament. Just like Grant Simmer, OAM, the America's Cup sailor, I feel this interview was so good on our sports show, Saturdays on the Coast on SEN, that it needs to be shared with a wider audience. So we'll get to Pat in just a few moments time. As always, the podcast brought to you by Robson Civil Projects. And the message is, they're hiring. So if you're anywhere near Dubbo, they're after a plant manager. In the Hunter Valley, they're after a site manager and there's numerous career opportunities And on the Central Coast, they're after a project manager at the moment. But you never know, even if you haven't got any experience, there could be a role for you at Robson Civil Projects. We also went out to Mudgee and did some filming with their staff, and it was a fantastic 48 hours. Special shout out to Bunamagoo Wines for their hospitality. And Mudgee is just another gorgeous region where you can live, work and play with the Robson Civil team. Okay. Let's get down to business with Pat Farmer. So in this episode, you'll hear from Michael Butner, my co-host on the show. He played almost 300 games in the National Rugby League, and we stepped through numerous topics, including Pat's team, his route, where he starts in Tasmania, his preparation, mindset, also the way he's evolved and matured over the years, the toll it takes on his body, and also how he's inspired the next generation, including Ned Brockman. We started the interview by asking Pat, what happens 48 hours out from such an epic adventure?
1: Well, I just finished a yoga class with Josh Cordova. Michael might remember Josh from uh, the old Parramatta days. Uh, but uh, Josh is one of my crew members and crewed for me when I did the run the length of India before. So uh, I've got Josh back on board for this, which is fantastic. So he's running me through my, uh, a bit of my PT training and also uh, my, my stretches and my yoga moves. And so a bit of that and a bit of obviously just eating very, very well and trying to make sure that I, I have a bit of weight on my bones so I've got plenty to lose during the event.
2: You know, I find it interesting that you talk about your team. You know, what does your team consist of? How many people will be going along for the, you know, this six-month journey of yours? Uh, and how important and significant is this team in relation to getting you up each and every day
1: to do what you're doing. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Look, uh, um, I, can, I usually have around, about, I'll have around about seven people on the crew. Sometimes that'll expand out to nine. Sometimes it'll be just six. But uh, And crew will come in and out at each of the capital cities. So I'm lucky to have Qantas on board. They're going to fly my crew in and out to mm-hmm. those places, which is most important because it's rare for somebody to spend six months away from their, their families and their lives to be able to do this. So I, as I mentioned before, I got Josh Cordova, one of my uh, personal trainer of mine. I did a lot of training at 98 Gym in Riley Street in the city there um, with Wade Farmer, who happens to be my nephew as well, but he's an excellent personal trainer. So, you know, to have, um, uh, I suppose the difference this time around was a lot of gym work that I did, a lot of strength work, especially on the origins of my tendons and my muscles. I've got, I've got a journalist on board, uh, Eleanor, who's our journalist, has, has come across from NITV to cover off the first month of this event with us, and she's fantastic, so she's going to make sure that there is news messages out there to all the media to be able to pick up. Uh, we've got uh, Ming Darcy, who's my cameraman. We've got a number of drivers, including my wife and, and uh, Katie Walsh. Uh, Katie's crewed for me on numerous runs, including the pole-to-pole. So, I've got a very good experienced crew, but like I say, they will change over basically each month and I'll pick up another crew at a time. So, we've got nutritionists uh, on board uh, as well, they'll pick up in Perth. So, the Perth um, launch of this run, which is back onto the mainland, is looking to be very, very big. In fact, uh, I'll be running around the top, the rooftop of our Optus Stadium and have West Coast uh, Eagles players and the Dockers players running with me as well as various other um, sporting celebrities from time to time so it's all shaping up to be a really great event and one obviously that sports people right around the country get behind because this is all about equality it's all about recognizing the indigenous voice here in australia and making sure that that becomes part of our constitution and and supporting those people to have a voice uh, in their own lives so that those poorer communities throughout australia and so that same opportunities are equal to every Australian right across the board, not just uh, the wealthy, wealthier people in the cities.
0: You've had a connection with not only our own Indigenous people, but Indigenous populations right around the world. Can you share that story with us?
1: Oh, yeah, look, I've had, I've had the opportunity to run through so many different places. I met, when I was doing the pole-to-pole run, I was welcomed by the Inuit people, uh, so basically the Inuit people were inhabiting the North Polar region before they were all herded up and taken to basically reservations out in Canada and, and set up in spot there, said to be for their own welfare, but they lost all of their hunting skills and, and their ability to, to be able to um, fossick throughout that whole region. And so when I moved off the ice from the North Pole down through into Canada, I was welcomed by some of these uh, Indian chiefs, and they were just so keen for me to speak to their kids uh, in the villages that I went through to tell them about my experiences. And they really had me up on a pedestal like I was somebody special because I had understood the significance of that part of the world, as harsh as it was. And you know what? I found exactly the same thing with people like Pat Dodson and many Aboriginal leaders. Uh, as I ran to as I ran around Australia for our Centenary Federation all those years ago, when I did that. And it was because I, you get this connection to the land. You deal with the harshness of down here in Tassie, for instance, the cold climate, the snow and the sleet in the mountains, um, the red bull dust of the western plains uh, out there in um, central Australia, and of course the driving winds, the wind storms, the incredible heat and even the stench of dead animals on the side of the road that you you know, you're continuously jumping over up the top end of the country and flies are jumping off those and back onto you. But it's it's that connection with the earth and the rawness of all of that and being able to endure that that makes you more connected to the land. And the indigenous people right around the world doesn't matter what country they come from, their one commonality is their connection to the earth itself.
0: Yeah, I tell you. You're sounding like a Midnight Oil song right yes, at the moment. 100%. I've got a question. But and I, we're arm wrestling over who gets the next question, but how did you choose the route? And you're starting in Hobart. Tell us the significance of that.
1: Well, of course, Tasmania is a very, very significant part of Australia, and, of course, the history uh, between uh, Tasmania and the Indigenous people is one that most Australians are aware of, and it's very significant, uh, the harshness of which... Uh, Indigenous people were treated with and almost completely wiped out, well, in fact, completely wiped out here on the island of Tasmania. The significance of all of that is that we've learnt from our mistakes, we're moving on from all of that, and it's most important that we, we realise the relevance of, of not only the campaign to say sorry all those years ago, which was more about uh, stolen generation, but um, more important now is about this, this oneness It's about, you know, it's about all of us joining together as one nation, uh, one group of people, one body of people, all under the the realm of being Australians. And so uh, Tasmania is often seen as an island off off from the mainland, but it's a very significant part of the whole of Australia. And so that's why I'm starting here. And I'm finishing the run at Uluru, the spiritual Mm -hmm. heart of Australia. So. You know, you link those two things together and then you combine it with all of the the mainland. And there's even talk at this stage, I'm I'm being coaxed a lot to go up and run the Tiwi Islands, which consists of Melville Island and Bathurst Island, uh, and also Thursday Island to include the Torres Strait Islanders. And I'm very keen to do that. So my schedule... Everyone can find that on my website, which is uh, runforthevoice.com. But my schedule for that top end of Australia may vary uh, quite significantly because I need to include those islands as well. And yet I still have to finish one week before the referendum is called.
2: Pat, your pole-to-pole was 20,000 kilometres. This journey will be about fourteen thousand, so it's just a walk in the park for you. So,
1: <laughs> shoot,
2: you break it down, yeah, it's six thousand less than the last one, mate. Just, so just getting no warmed problem. up, yeah, correct? I don't know what's wrong yeah, with you. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, well, mate, well, people Pat, like you and I, it is just a walk in the yeah, park. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mate, you've broken it down to approximately eighty k's per day, which is just absolutely mind blowing. You know, you, a lot of people will set themselves goals of being able to complete a marathon. You are almost doing two marathons a day for the next six months, and there will unlikely be a day off. Talk us through the mindset, how you prepare yourself to get to that point where you are actually going to be able to do that uh, day after day well, Mike, after day.
1: Mike, I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that question up because, uh, you know, uh, as well as a dreamer and somebody that turns those dreams into reality, uh, I'm also the sort of person that deals with reality. Uh, you know, through what I go through and it hit me more like more than ever just the other day when I was uh, I was actually doing another interview and somebody asked me a similar question and I just sort of rattled off the statistics and then I I thought to myself My god, you know what after the first day because the first day is a short day The first day is only a 30k day because we've got the premier of Tasmania um, we've got the Premier of uh, Tasmania, Je- Jeremy Ratcliffe. We've got the Prime Minister of Australia, Anthony Albanese, and we've got uh, Anna Reynolds, the Lord Mayor, sending us off from, from Town Hall. But after the first day, because it's a late start for that reason, but then this, after that day, it's basically 80K days. And you know what? The second day into this will be the first time I've run 80K in four years. So it's a huge slap in the face you know right right so soon into the event but it makes me realize like i i don't know what i'm capable of and i don't know that i'm even up to the task But i'm you know i'm going to give it my absolute best shot it's been a long time since i've run this sort of mileage back to back you know you know in between we've had COVID and we've had a few other bits and pieces so i've trained solidly i was training close to a marathon every day but you never run never run the true distance in training. You run a bit under it and you hold a bit in the tank. But in this case, being able to back up day after day, these events are all about being able to run when you're tired, like run tired and being completely worn out and still being able to build out the 80K every day. So the mornings will consist of a a 30K 30K run through the 10 a.m. Then I'll try and knock over 20K before what I call lunchtime, which will be a bowl of porridge or something on the side of the road as i walk along uh, and then i've got to try and knock over the last 30 k's which is always the hardest in the afternoon and finish that by around three to five o'clock so that i can still attend schools universities and public functions in the afternoon and the evenings
2: well you talk about your tank pat your tank is bigger than most mate and your yeah. heart is definitely bigger than most and you know, we wish you all the very best mate
0: a friend of mine made a tv series on youtube And it's a labour of love, and it's called Australians Getting Better With Age. Now, if you don't mind me saying, Pat, you're 61, and I notice on your Facebook page, there's a quote from David Bowie, and it says, ageing is an extraordinary process where you become the person you always should have been. Give us your thoughts about
1: why you posted that. Well, I posted that because it's a realisation that when I first kicked off in this business, when I was seen as the youngest and Cliff Young was the oldest back in those days, you know, I was quite brash about everything I did. I was quite inconsiderate towards my crew. I thought, you know, everybody was there to serve me and help me get, you know, achieve what I I was out to do. I was difficult to live with and it it was just hard work. Uh, I've matured with the years and realized to just sort of accept the pain and the difficulties with it all to um, internalize that anger and the fear and all the negatives that come out of doing something where you're pushing yourself to the limit to internalize that and to just be calm on the outside and that's why I've adopted yoga and I've adopted you know more gym work into my training regime and I've got great people around me and I need to appreciate them. So, you know, I think with age, you tend to do that, whereas when you're younger, you, you're, you're single-minded. I'm still very single-minded, but I was singly focused and thought it was all about me. I realized more than anything, it's certainly not about me. In fact, on this whole journey, I'm just a thread that's trying to pull together the whole of Australia and all of its people and help us to realise and understand that this is a good thing for the whole nation, for us to realise our true identity, which goes beyond 200 years, Mm and to know and understand that this is something that we should all be proud of and something that we can grow into the future with.
2: Well, your reflection on that, Pat I think you've had more time than most people to spend on your own and plenty of thinking time when you've run from the pole to pole when you've already run around Australia you've run to Melbourne Vietnam you name it all the journeys that you have done mate it's just phenomenal and uh, it's great to see you still learning and growing as an individual
0: yeah I've got one more question and maybe it's a an answer that is 25 words or less if you can do that Pat but were you inspired by (laughs) Ned Brockman? Were you inspired by his Uh, run and the way he galvanised everyone, including, like, much younger Australians who have maybe seen this for the first time, a long-distance run?
1: Yeah, you bet. Look, uh, it's wonderful to see these younger runners coming through and doing some of the stuff that that we've been doing for a while out there. And and Ned came and saw me in the early days when he was planning that event to ask, you know, how to go about it and all the rest of it. So it's wonderful to be able to pass on that knowledge to other, other runners and it's great to see that there is still that adventurous spirit with a lot of the younger ones coming through and I think now more than ever while we bury our heads in computers and phones and all the rest of that electronic world it's important to know and understand that the true uh, the true sense of endeavour is locked within ourselves and it's not until we start to explore that uh, and we start to realise who we are and what we're really all about.
0: What a great interview, Beards. Wow.
2: Outstanding,
1: outstanding. What an amazing human
2: being to have done and to achieve what he's. And and you know what? He's like you said, he's 61 years of age. He hasn't run 80Ks a day for four years and he's about to do it for six months in a row, like consecutive. Absolutely blows me away how mentally strong he is.
0: Yeah, he'll go into that zone. We all know what he's like. We've followed him, you know, for the last three or four decades. So there is a GoFundMe page as well. He said he's supported by Qantas, who've been long-term supporters of everything that Pat has done. Great to hear that he's got a large team around him as well. But check it out. It's Run for the Voice, Pat Farmer. And I dare say he'll be on our show numerous times during the 14,000-kilometer trek. So we hope you enjoyed the interview with Pat Farmer, ultra-marathon legend. We actually lost the line to Tazzy, so it cut the interview short. But what an amazing story. This last week in Tasmania, he has copped an absolute hammering from the weather. You can see all of the footage on his Facebook page, and we look forward to covering his run as it continues in 2023, raising awareness, support and engagement for the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice to Parliament. Thanks always to Robson Civil Projects. As we mentioned earlier, if you get the chance, check out their website. They're hiring right around New South Wales, Sydney, the Central Coast, the Hunter Valley beautiful Mudgee and also Dubbo as well and there could be a role for you with a third generation family company, Robson Civil Projects. As always, thanks for listening, take care and we'll catch you again soon on The Perfect Ten.